and welcome back to Let's Get episode of the Shaving Points podcast. My name is Jaden May, joined as always by my co-host Quentin Crisco. How we doing, that Quentin? Doing good, man. It is here. It is finally here. NFL. We have arrived. Week one. This is what I wait all year for. This this time right here, and I'm excited. Your birthday weekend? Yeah, it's God let me know early that I would care a lot about football. <laughs> yep, yep. Because yep, every yep, year, yep. birthday, opening weekend, say, same weekend, like it always works out. Your birthday is actually Sunday, right? So yeah, it, it's usually Sunday slate. or Monday. Like it, it works out. Sometimes it's Saturday, but it's usually not during the middle of the week for some reason. Either that, or I just forget those ones because they don't matter. <laughs> happy, happy early birthday to you! Thank you. So, how do you feel now that you're an Eagles fan going into this season? You feeling pretty stoked up for your your boys in green, man? People ask me a lot if I'm a if I'm gonna become an Eagles fan now that I'm in Philly. That's fucking crazy. I'm like, if they were bad, I I would probably root for them more than I will now because it's like I just feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon at like the the high point, and it's just like it doesn't feel right. It feels dirty. It's not like you you didn't jump on the Cowboys bandwagon when you lived in Dallas. No. No, but I had too many Cowboys friends that, who would, like, always talk crap to me about the Cowboys. So, like, that was a little different. I never did that. No, you weren't one. You weren't. I'm a realistic Cowboys fan. Yeah. No, it was more <laughs> more the people who uh, would just walk up to me and be like, oh, so you're, you're a Bears fan? Bears suck. Cowboys are way better. And it's just like, well, nice conversation, friend. <laughs> Bears have been to three times as many NFC championship games as the Cowboys in their lifetime, probably. If you're including championships before the merger, yeah. Oh, in my lifetime. In my lifetime. Okay, you're right. In my, in my lifetime, yeah. They've been to three, right? Two. They only got to one with Rex, one with Jay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, a little... Okay, so you've only been to twice as many, so... Huh. Right on your tail. Right on your heels, buddy. Just two years away. It's two years. It's always just two years away. Oh, man. I'm so excited for this week. And now Travis Kelsey may or may not be hurt. I have a question we can call out. We can start a new segment. It's Nobody's ever done it before on the internet. It's called Am I the Asshole? Oh, okay. So, so um, am I the asshole for... I'm the commissioner of a league. I have it set. If you drop a player, they don't hit waivers to prevent people from like if you need a quarterback add dropping at the end, yeah, add and drop, yeah. So I have it set up to where you can immediately pick somebody up that's dropped. I also have an IR spot available, but you can put somebody in your IR spot. But you can't pick that said IR player up off of waivers and add them directly to your. IR spot. So if you want somebody that's on IR, that's a free agent, you have to drop a player to then pick up said yeah. free agent. Yeah, that's like standard. Yeah, we had this discussion in the group chat. He immediately goes and gets on and drops Tank, Tank Bigsby to pick up Jeff Wilson to put in his IR spot. And then I immediately picked up Tank, Tank Bigsby. <laughs> and he said, he said that was a dick move. And I was like, is it? It was in the group chat for the whole league? Yeah. 
So there was there's not privileged information. No, not privileged information. For one. And for two, if it was a true waiver system, the, the, the guy would have had to clear waivers anyway, and anybody could have picked yeah. him up at that point. And I did wait a whole like two minutes to like let him try to but he was just too slow. He wasn't hustling. He wasn't hustling. I had Rico Dowdle on my team and I was like, I'll go scoop up Hank Bixby. And that's what I did. And he called me a dick. So am I an asshole for that? I don't think so. No either. But I hate the rule that you, you have to drop a guy. You can't add someone straight to your IR spot, but that's standard. Like that's every league I'm in with IR spots. That's the way it works. I've lost players that way before. Yeah, supposedly he said he could do it in ESPN, his ESPN league. I don't know about that. You kidding me? ESP, ESPN's infrastructure is held together by scotch tape. There's no way they're letting you do stuff like that. My thing is, the IR spot was there during the draft. I mean, you could have just drafted him as soon as the draft is over, put him on your IR spot, and then go and you know, pick somebody else up. I always forget about it. I always forget I have the IR spot during the draft, except for like the slight occasion I do. Like this year when you snapped me out of Kyler? I thought you were going after Mac Jones, man. I was I was like, good thing you didn't say Kyler, because I'm, I'm taking Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a quick, am I the asshole? Now that we're done with that segment of the week, time to move on to my favorite segment. Where does this lose? And we'll go through our bets, and we'll... Explain it to y'all why we're going, unless we're on opposite sides, we're going to win every bet. You can't convince me otherwise. I've curated the perfect gambling board for this weekend, both college and NFL. And I might just do like a 15 team parlay for a thousand dollars to win like a billion. You'll put them, you'll put them in a bankruptcy. <laughs> Take them out. It was, it was so funny. Uh, did you see that? tweet that went like mega viral last year when it was like the US economy is like 127 million dollars in debt or whatever it was like why don't they just put all of that on Chiefs money line (laughs) (laughs) it's not a bad strategy until until they lose one game that you don't expect and it's just like instead instead of being in debt to China we're in debt to Caesar's Palace I don't know what's worse. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. It's okay. They'll set you up with a line of credit and the country will be fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just, yeah. I would love to see it. But, all right. Let's do it. First game of the week. Kansas City, Detroit. Two of the biggest contenders in both conferences. You have Kansas City Chiefs team who's been to five straight AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes at home. Been to three Super Bowls, one, two, coming off the Super Bowl win, going against the emerging crowd favorite Detroit Lions, the the sweethearts, the darlings of the NFL going into this season. We got a, what is the spread right now? Four and a half and a total, total of 52. What are you doing on this game? Over 54 and a half. 50, I have it 52 and a half, brother. As of like I got five it at 54 ago. and a half as of like <laughs> six hours ago. So evidently oh, there's a better number out there. Take it. Yeah, I have over 52 and a half. I put it in at 
maybe 10 minutes ago. That I'm makes just double check Kelsey news. Like I, yeah. I think I took that like, like maybe Kelsey, maybe more news came out. I don't know, but either yeah. way, I don't really care. Kansas City's defense is without Chris Jones. I don't think they're going to be the same. Uh, Detroit's defense is so much new, especially in the cornerback position. I'm skeptical how good their cornerbacks actually are. Like, I, I, I don't know if the guys they brought in are all that good. Still, they're probably better than last year, but like, I think yeah. it's closer than people want to realize. So I just, I think it's points, points, points. And I mean, yeah. Kansas City's yeah. defense, even with Chris Jones, never really sh- starts showing up until around week eight. So they need to. And I mean, you have two, you have two quarterbacks who are going to be competing for MVP this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I had the exact same thing. I have the, I have the over. I like uh, Kansas City to cover the, cover the number until the Travis Kelsey news came out. Mm-hmm. I just think he's so important to that offense. And I think if it's a close game at the end, I don't know who they can rely on to go out there and make a big play for him. I mean, like we said in the off seasons, one of these guys has got to step up for him. But without Travis Kelsey, I could see this being a very close game down to the wire. And I'm not comfortable taking Kansas City laying the points without for sure knowing that Kelsey is going to be good to go. So, yeah, I love the over here. You want a fun fun prop on that game? Justin Watson, anytime touchdown. Uh, I mean, Andy Reid you know, loves some fun Justin Watson stuff. Just like randomly like, oh, you know yeah, this guy's like just like my trick Tony. play, dude. Oh, yeah. Nah, I mean, Tony's always a good one, but like Justin Watson just, is going to be a long dog. And I mean, Reid just, he loves trick plays with Justin Watson. I don't know. But if, this, if Kelsey's out, that feels like the spot. If Kelsey's out, take Jarek McKinnon's over for receptions and yards. Yeah, see that. Or maybe Pacheco. So, Pacheco came out in the playoffs with a lot of catches for him. Like he did. I'm excited to see what they do with Pacheco on that offense. I'm, I'm I'm so excited for this game. I mean, I think this game has some of the most juice we've seen from a, a Thursday night opener in a while. I mean, we had Cowboys Bucks last year, but I mean, it was an aging Tom Brady and Dak coming off of injury, and it was like, yeah, it might be good. It ended up being a good game. And I think Cowboys Bucks opened the season the year before that as well. I think it was back. They to did. Back. That one was wild. That 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 yeah. game was nuts. But yeah, we had back to back years of Cowboys Bucks, so it, it's nice to get some new blood in there. I like it. Um, yeah, so I love, I love, love, love this game, and I am so excited for it. And we're what forty eight hours away. Yeah, it's, we're right on the on the eve of it. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over on that one, uh, as a, as are you. So, you know, when we're on the same, especially yep. when we're on the same over, good yeah. things happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't like overs. I'm more you of an like under them. guy. You oh, like they're more them. fun than the unders. But what's ultimately more fun is winning. So I, I'm more of an under guy. All right. We'll go on to our next game here. Carolina. At Atlanta, the Dirty Birds. Atlanta. Atlanta fans hate me. They're going undefeated. Okay. Bijan's going to rush for 47,000 yards. Drake London is going to catch 86 touchdowns. Kyle Pitt is going to have 137 catches. All of this is going to happen. But you know what's going to happen before any of that? 
Panthers going to go into Atlanta and beat them in the dome. I got Panthers plus three in this game. I stayed away. If it was two and a half, I would have probably been on Atlanta, but three, I just I don't see the point. Um, I'm skeptical of a lot of what Carolina has right now. Like, I'm just I don't know how offenses how well offenses can function in today's NFL without wide receiver talent, and I'm just very skeptical of their wide receiver talent. Um, and they've had some Thielen. O-line issues throughout camp. Yeah, they got 47-year-old Adam Thielen. Great. He's, he's going to run a hitch route in 10 seconds. <laughs> Do you know how – did you watch his preseason? I mean, I know it's preseason, but he looked good. Yeah, I'm not – I don't know. I, he's one I, of my favorite. He's I one of my favorite fantasy sleepers. I need to see it from him or I'm going to believe it and bet on it. So – I, like what about Jonathan Mingo? You don't know, like Jonathan Mingo? Not as a number like I mean I maybe as a number three, but not Who's as that number tight one. End they got they got uh, Hayden Hurst, right? You don't like Hayden Hurst? Yeah, many, what's he on his fourth team in five years? Like, yeah, not really. Remember when none of these guys do anything remember, for me? I'm not. Remember when I, Baltimore I just, took him in the first round? Yeah, <laughs> was that this? I think I don't, I think they got a first round pick for him after that too. Which Did they? Not. That was the same year they took Mark Andrews too. So they, t- I think. So I think they doubled up on. Him. Andrews was already there, maybe. But yeah, I mean, it might have been a year take, after then. If you take two and head on one, I mean, it doesn't matter if you hit on the first one or the second one, as long as you got the guy. Yeah, but so I mean, I. I don't, Carolina's defense, I do, I do like some of what they got on defense, but I mean, I. I, I just think Atlanta's a bully. Ron Burns? It, they're going to bully the hell out of you. I mean, I ultimately, I think Atlanta's going to lean on the run like crazy because that O-line is just a rail. Yeah, and they got Master Bates. Yeah. Like, they, they added a lot of talent. And so, week eight, some of that talent on the D-line might be hurt, might not be playing, but week one... That's gonna be gonna be when those guys are at their best. But Bryce Young, he won a Heisman. He's a rookie quarterback. Desmond Ritter might as well be to be all that good. He might as well, but at least they got weapons for him. (laughs) Did they? I mean, Drake London was pretty darn good as a rookie, and Kyle Pitts had a thousand years as a rookie. He struggled last year, but he still had had a thousand thousand years as a rookie. Yeah. You said years. Um, but <laughs> I like the Panthers in this lineup. Obviously, we don't agree on that. Will Rashi Young hold up physically in the NFL? Yeah, why wouldn't they? If you can't get hit, you can't get hurt. I mean, I, I, I'd be worried the SEC. If, I'm hit, if I'm being honest. I'm a little worried about it. I think he probably will be fine, but especially because he's not really a runner. Like, he's a scrambler. Like, I don't think that he's going to be taking these massive hits running around, but you never know until you see it. And at that size, I think you got to be at least a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but the hits that will injure him are the same risk for about any quarterback. It's going to be somebody rolling up on him or somebody getting a clean shot off a missed tackle. And you have a 260 pound defensive lineman just barreling down on you. Like nobody's built for that. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like you see you you see people comparing him to like 
Justin Fields and stuff because he he he's... Justin Fields is built like a Greek god. No, but Justin Fields got banged his two years in a row got banged the hell out of him because he's just taking a lot of hits. Like that's how it adds up. You know, it adds up. Yeah, well, he's a he's a fearless little dude. Yeah. So what do we got next here? Oh, this one's mine. We got the Texans, who we are not sleeping on. We, we have stated on, on this podcast, we are not sleeping I on the Texans. To, I, I looked real close at this game. So, I got the Texans going into Baltimore and covering 10. And let me tell you why. Lamar hasn't played in this preseason at all. New offense, very different offense. Not just new, but going from Greg Roman to, um, I forget their new OC's name, but... It's, it's a very pass-centric offense. Bunch of new receivers. Bunch Greg of new Roman. play concepts. From Greg Roman to Greg Roman. Yeah. <laughs> they just put it on a mustache. So, new offense, new receivers like Odell. He's never played a game with Odell. Never played a game with Zay Jones. Um, Zay Flowers. That offense is going to be a little... Yeah, Zay Flowers. Not to, well, he's never played a game with Zay Jones. So that point That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zay Flowers. And the offense, I just don't expect it to be lights out. Like, I think Baltimore's going to win this game without many issues, but I don't know that they're going to score a ton of points. And I, I, I think you're going to see Houston fighting like hell for their new head coach, new head coach bump with D'Amico Ryans in there. D'Amico Ryans new- seems to be loved by everybody. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys are going to fight like hell for him. They feel like I have they're, they're a getting underdogs. They're getting slept on. Plus 10. 10 just a big number. I put down 7 where number. I expected this sprint to be. Yeah. No, 10's a very big number. I have a question. Is J.K. Dobbins good? I think he's good when he's healthy and not asked to catch the, the football. Like, he's had issues as a receiver, but, like. Because I could have swore, like, three weeks ago, I thought they were going to trade him. Not, there was that, contract that stuff. That doesn't mean he's not good just because they were going to trade him, but I felt like he, in that, but I mean, Swift, I guess, has had injury issues too, but looking back on that draft class, DeAndre Swift, uh, J.K. Dobbin, Jonathan Taylor, a lot, a lot of hype. Um, who else is in that class? Uh, is that Miles Sanders as well? Was he? But I think so. Um, or Saquon. That was 2019. 2019 with Sanders. It had to be 2019, yeah, because I think... Saquon was 18. Yeah, so, yeah, it was the year after with Dobbins. It was Dobbins, Sanders, Swift, uh, Montgomery. Chubb, Chubb and Swift were in the same backfield, weren't they? I don't know. I thought Chubb was a year before that. I could be mistaken, but I thought he was. I thought they came out the same year. But maybe I'm thinking of, no, was that Sonny Michelle and Chubb that came out at the same time? Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was. Because the Patriots, yeah, Patriots passed on Chubb and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Patriots and their horrible drafting. They just get credit for drafting Tom Brady in the seventh round. Um, but, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you on this. Um... I just, I want to see a game from Houston before I 
bet on them. And I know it's a big number, and I know it's the NFL. And it's hard to win by double digits in the NFL. But I just feel if they would have, if they were playing any other team, I'd probably do it. But it's just a hardball coach team at home. I just, I feel like that that's just a bad situation for a rookie and CJ Stroud, who looked to struggle a little bit at times in the preseason, but when he shined, he looked incredible. Um, but definitely had some decision-making issues uh, on a couple of his throws. And I think that Baltimore defense can definitely take advantage of that. So for that reason, I'm staying away from it until I just see it for one week. So, But I, I do love the bet. On the note of Baltimore's defense, I mean, Marlon Humphrey is out. And that changes a lot for me. Like, if Marlon Humphrey was in this game, I'd be staying away. But he's out. That changes their cornerback room picture yeah, quite but a bit. I got. I got to see. I got to see what these receivers look like in Houston. What? They're John very Mitchie, Robert. John Metchie, Robert Woods, uh, Nico um, Collins. I do. Yeah, I do think uh, Schultz is going to be a very, very high volume guy there. I don't know about yards or touchdowns. But I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the season with 90-plus catches. Yeah, I mean, I, he, with that receiving core, he'd be very well. Like, if Mechie doesn't shine early, you could see Schultz get a lot of touches. Yeah. Not necessarily, I mean, I could see him almost being like Jason Witten in the Cowboys offense, where he would end the year with 97 catches and 465 yards. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it, it Well, he's a, he's a lot more athletic, but yeah. How depends a lot for me how much they're going to lean into the Shanahan background because, I mean, their head coach is a Shanahan guy. You know, it could be like Kittle where it's like super hitters. Yeah, but I don't think Nico's going to have much of a hand in that in that offense, honestly. Who's their offensive coordinator? I forget his name. He's a, he, he came from the 49ers. He's also Shanahan? Yeah. Okay, because I was about to say, I don't think Demeco Ryan's going to have much of a hand on that offense. Maybe, maybe I'm... Oh, yeah, no, no. Maybe, I, yeah, I was saying their OC is a, a Shanahan okay. disciple. I was about to say, maybe I'm discrediting D'Amico Ryan's a little bit. I mean, maybe he maybe he just does it all, but... <laughs> no, he brought a no. guy to do that for him. He's got a guy. All right. Uh, next up, we have San Francisco going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like Pittsburgh this season... I mean, San Francisco... Everybody loves Brock Purdy. Everybody loves the story. Oh, look at the dudes they have on their team. They got dudes everywhere. They got Christian McCaffrey. They got Debo Samuel. They have Ayuk. They have Kittle. They have the best left tackle in the league. They have guys all over the field on defense. And then you just haven't heard, like, Pittsburgh's, I feel like they're a sleeping giant. Like, uh, Kenny Pickett, I felt like, kind of put it together at the end of last season just a little bit. Mike yeah, Tomlin... I thought he did. I mean, just I a he, little bit. You said just a little bit. Progress. I'll give you that. Just a little. I thought bit. he showed yeah. progress. Uh, George Pickens is absolute freak, which everybody always gives Pittsburgh credit for uh, stealing a guy in the draft. I don't know what the Pickens thing was. I thought he should have gone way higher, and he just kind of fell in their lap. So I'm not giving them this one. They just got. Oh, lucky. there were series off field. There oh, was okay. a lot of reasons. Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, they just took a, a very talented guy who ended up being very talented. So I'm not. I guess I should say serious issues, but like none of it was like arrests or anything. It was more like personality and like issues with getting suspended for fighting on the field and like like he, he broke out so into fights on the field. Like yeah, kind of. <laughs> just <took> Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I mean he he's incredible. I I don't love Najee very much, but I mean, in my opinion top three NFL coach and Mike Tomlin and home opener and 49ers the last three years for how good of a team they've been they've been slow starters yeah they have so I'm taking Pittsburgh at home give me the plus two and a half I'll probably take them on the money line as well I love this I love this spot for Pittsburgh I love home dog home opener nobody believes in them Mike Tomlin's gonna go out there and give the most outrageous speech ever of nobody believes in us so we gotta go win uh give us red paint we'll paint the barn red all that good stuff um and they're just gonna go out there and they're gonna do their thing and I'll, i like pittsburgh plus two and a half i like them on the money line yeah i'm waiting for three on this one like i wanted to bet it but I, i'm waiting to see if it can pick up three because I'm I, I just I just don't like it at two and a half. I, but if I can get it at three, I'm taking it. Absolutely. I love that. Um, all right. Then next up, do you have this one too? Or is it just me? We both got it. Oh, so we're on opposite sides. Oh, yeah. We talked about this pre-show. Yeah. I'll let you get started on this one. So Jacksonville at Indy spreads four and a half. Taking Jacksonville minus four and a half. I think Jacksonville took a step. Last year in the second half of the season, Trevor Lawrence put up near MVP numbers through the second half of the year, got him more weapons in Alvin Ridley. He and he didn't put up Jared Goff numbers at the end of the season. Oh yeah. As second half of the season? Oh yeah, he did. He was better than Goff. Sound get crazy now. I mean tra- I-, I heard that Jared Goff has a poster of Trevor Lawrence in his bedroom, actually. Doubtful. I got good sources. Um, but so really like if Indy had more cornerback depth here, I'd probably be staying away because I'd still think, you know, their, their defense, they still have talent. They still got Buckner. They still got Leonard. Uh, they have some guys who you can say, okay, I can see how this defense will be good. But to me, one of the things that can tank a defense is a deficiency at cornerback. And that's what I see on Indy's roster. And this is not a team that you want to have a deficiency at corner against. Jacksonville just, I mean, between Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, they have weapons. Travis Etienne out of the backfield. They have a lot of ways to beat you. And I'm just not sure that Indy, I trust Indy to keep up, let alone, like, I like the prospect of Anthony Richardson, but he's probably going to have a few turnovers that Trevor Lawrence will but home dogs week one. You're right. Hey, home dogs in division week one is a safe bet store. Like that is something that so, you want. So I was actually conflicted on this because of that. So okay, so when I'm looking at this game, you have four and a half. I got five and a half. But neither one of them are football numbers, so I don't think it makes a difference. No. Uh, one way or the other. Um, but I got I got Colts plus five and a half. Home dog, 
I, I think Anthony Richardson could have a, a Cam Newton type of rookie season to where nobody just knows how to defend him. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He has a better arm than Cam Newton. I don't know if he can be as accurate, but we will. that's to be determined. But I, I think the Anthony Richardson factor, on top of it being a division game, um, I think we can see a lot here. And then you have three running backs for Indy that are looking for a job. And Jonathan Taylor wants out. And Evan Hull, Zach Moss... Uh, Dion Jackson. Moss has a broken arm still, I think. Oh, he's not back yet? I don't think so. I could be. I, well, I haven't Evan... looked up the news on him. I know when I looked at him in fantasy last week, he said he still had the broken arm. Okay. Well, Evan Hull's been looking really good. They seem to really like him. They loved Dion Jackson yeah. last year. I mean, these guys are, are playing for a job, and they want to prove that they don't need Jonathan Taylor. So I, I like the Colts to run the ball here. Uh, Anthony Richardson can run the ball. I like him to control the game, keep it close. Um, even if they don't win, um, I, I just I just think they can be gritty enough to, to keep it within five and a half. So for that reason, I like the Colts. I think it. I like. I could see it going either way on this one. Like, I ultimately, I'm coming down to saying, I think Anthony Richardson is worth one or two more turnovers than Trevor Lawrence, and I think Indy's going to be able to make him pay, and that's where I'm getting a one-plus score game. But, yeah. like, I see your point with like with this O-line, and if they're keeping the ball on the ground, Shane Steichen running the offense, it could be fun, and they could surprise. So, like, this, this is a bet that I was more on the fence on, and I just ended up going with because I needed some picks. I got you. Um, on to our next game here. We have your Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. Sir. <laughs> Do you have this game or is it just me? Oh, it's just you. I am just me. I, I am staying away from that. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm <laughs> I'm out. So on this game, uh I don't like I don't I don't like either side. I do love the total here, 43 points. I love the over. I think I think the Bears adding DJ Moore and um, get adding some weapons to that offense and Justin Fields coming into year three. Um, I, I think the Bears will be able to score points and maybe the Bears defense is much better, much improved from last year. We'll see. But if I'm, I, I think Justin Fields can put up twenty eight points pretty easily. So. I think Packers are going to be good enough to, to cover the rest of that. So I love over 43 here. Um, not necessarily saying I think it'll be a shootout, but I think that Bears offense can score four touchdowns. So I just need a little bit of points from the Packers. This is a weird, like this, this line doesn't make sense to me. Like if, is it, what, what are you like? The Bears were what two and a half point favorites when I looked at it, I think. I didn't even look at the odds, honestly, or and the spread, honestly. 43. So Chicago minus one right now, according to PFF, um, total 43. So you're saying like what? A 22 to 21 game, 23 yeah. to 20. Like, I, I, I just don't know how you get there. Like, cause either 
if you're saying that Green, because the, the big issue with the Bears is defensive line, and they stop the run without adding extra bodies in the box. If they can't, Green Bay is going to score it. If they can, I don't know that Green Bay scores like that. I mean, they'll score, yeah. but like it's going to be very low. So it's like then you're talking a blowout, but the spread's only minus one. Or if if they're scoring at will, how can the total be forty? Like it just doesn't doesn't yeah, add I love up the over. Me. I'm staying the hell away because every time I think I love a Bears over, it bites me in the ass. So I'm just I, I, I told you I'm about, not going to be the bad luck on this one. I told you about my buddy's parlay four years ago, right? Probably, but I, I think don't remember. I think I, I think I said it last year on the podcast. I had a buddy. Uh, he actually lives here in, uh, in Midland now, but. I think it was week one or two. He took a 10 team parlay, all overs, every single over hit. The Bears Colt was the night game. It was like $70, $70 parlay to win like $195,000. And we get to the Sunday night game, and the Bears Colt total was like 32 and a half. It was so so ridiculously low and they never even sniffed it it was the last leg what i'm saying man i just i can't do it anymore like i can't i need proof again and last year i thought i got over it and like i won a bunch of money on bears overs last year but like i don't know i'm just too scarred i'm too scarred from the like decade before last year so and now i'm just with this one, I just I just don't like if the Bears stop the run, I'm not sure Jordan Love's putting up very many points. And then I'm asking, are the Bears scoring 30 plus? Like I don't I think I think Jordan Love's gonna be better than people think, but I don't think he's going to be as good as the Packers want him to be or need him to be. I think he's just gonna be a very fine average quarterback. I don't know about that. Like, I think he's capable of it with the right time. I, I I honestly think the Packers are putting him in a terrible position to succeed, and it's probably going to be it mean his career. Yeah. So I have a question. So the the top two quarterbacks coming that are going to be draft held next year both going to be true juniors. Yeah, that Drake kid from May. Duke, right? Yeah. No, Drake May. Uh, I mean, Shadur Sanders as well now. But uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. I could... Drake May seems kind of like a, a hard, rugged guy. But if the Packers end up with the number one overall pick, you think Caleb Williams just says, fuck it, I'm going back to USC. I'm making probably close to $10 million a year here. Yeah. I mean, right it's now. pure speculation, but I think with how much money he's probably making there. I mean, I, I don't know Caleb Williams. I don't know if he likes the middle of nowhere. Like, you know, I mean, he did go to Norman, Oklahoma for a year. He was so like, I, Riley. Yeah, he did. But like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know for a fact that he wants the bright lights. But if he's the guy who wants the bright lights... He might just say, screw it, I'll stay in Southern California for another year. It's not about wanting the bright lights. It's about not wanting to go to Green Bay. There's a yeah, oh, Hey, I completely hear you. I have theorized this to multiple people, but 
I have a hard time jumping on a mic and saying that it's true because I don't know the guy. You know? No, I, I don't know the guy. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't, like, like you said it was about the bright lights. I don't know if that would be the issue. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I probably worded just that the, wrong, but yeah. Just the issue is like, do you want to go spend your career in Green Bay or spend another season in Southern California where you have a chance to compete for a national championship? Maybe go get yourself another Heisman, still make your money, and then maybe go somewhere else that has an indoor practice facility or that doesn't play in a a million year old stadium. Like I understand Lambo's historic and everything, but like it's a shithole. So there Green Bay is actually in the process of building an incredible training facility. In the process of. Yeah. You still have to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You do. Where the property <laughs> values are inflated from Airbnbs. Are they really? Oh yeah. That doesn't I think that's me. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean I mean you look at some of the t- some of the other teams you can end up at, like Arizona's still probably gonna be in the running the next year. The Rams, if they don't get a quarterback, so it's like so you can go to like Scottsdale, LA, or Green Bay. And I'm not like I don't want to live in LA, but yeah, he might. I don't been there. I yeah, I would. But at the same time, if it's if it's between Green Bay and LA, I would probably live in LA. Yeah, I have no desire to live in LA whatsoever. Hey, I hear you, man. I have I have floated this to multiple people, and I I can't sit here and say I disagree. No. But you never know. I think Drake May would. He he's like, if they took him, he'd be like the taker on the challenge and be like the next savior of that city. So I definitely hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my honest hope is that Jordan Love is good enough to invest in, but not good enough to be fully convinced, and they waste like three years. Eight wins. Yeah. You, you hope the pack. You hope the Packers win eight games this year. Exactly. I want them to be in purgatory hell that I have lived in for most of my life as a fan. Oh man, I'd love to see it. But uh, that's talking bears. Um, moving on. This is definitely your game because I ain't touched this. Oh, bears yeah. out of Washington. Oh yeah, Washington minus seven. That's what I, I would it. do if if I was on this one. I love I like this one a lot. I mean, I so I I will say I do like Arizona's O line. I like what they've got there. But we're starting Josh Dobbs. Joshua. <laughs> Joshua Dobbs. Back on his name. When's the last time Josh Dobbs threw an NFL pass? Last year? Did he play it all last year? I thought so. Wasn't he isn't he the guy that just like Anytime somebody gets hurt, he just comes in and plays a week and then, like, doesn't have a job anymore. No, I'm pretty sure Josh Dobbs has just, like, been on the Steelers roster for, like, three years and just, like, hasn't played since 2019 or 2020. They just signed him out of nowhere, too. Like, everyone thought... Yeah, no, it was the weirdest move. Like, it was... It makes no sense. Like... You you have a better chance of winning games with Colt McCoy than Josh Dobbs, I think. Who, who's their who's their head coach? It's not Stack. Uh, Gannon. Gannon, Jonathan Gannon. You think he's all there? I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I 
I hate judging a coach off just like one little clip you see, but that one clip on Twitter was corny. <laughs> I mean, he it's like he's trying to be a cornier version of Sirianni, who's already yeah. a ridiculous human. Yeah. I mean, so I and like they trade Isaiah Simmons. I just I just don't know. Like we we put our necks on the line for the Cardinals this offseason and they go and do this. I'm just burnt. I am burnt. Yeah. That we sat there and said the Cardinals might not be the worst team in the NFL. They're better than everyone's giving them credit for. Then they cut the guy who was going to be there until Kyler got back and traded their best defensive player or second best defensive player. It was just like, what the oh hell? man, I'm in a fantasy on, league. I'm in a I'm in a sicko league for fantasy where it's all defensive players, and I took Isaiah Simmons in the third round, and there's a Cardinals guy in there. And he just started talking so much shit to me about it. He's, dude can't cover, dude can't tackle. That was the stupidest pick I've ever seen. I was like, okay, dude. And then he just like went on and on about how Kyler's the, or uh, Cliff Kingsbury was the issue and Kyler hated Cliff. And that was the whole reason why Kyler left AM because Cliff was there. I was like, Kyler left AM because Cliff left AM, dude. And he was like, well, then why didn't he follow him to tech? I was like, he was a number one recruit in the country. It's like, I mean, as much as he loved Cliff, I mean, it's pretty hard to ask to get the number one recruit yeah. in the country to go to Lubbock, Texas. I'm sorry. And Cliff actually had a lot to do with him going to OU because the Lincoln Riley connection and all this. And he was just like, no, nah, Cliff was the problem. Kyler's so much more mature now. He's he, he's a better player. He's in a better mindset now that Cliff has gone. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, just dude I don't insane. Know. Like, I don't know. The, the Cardinals had some serious dysfunction, man. Like, oh, yeah. there's some stuff with Nine. their GM last year. And it's just like, oh, yeah. That was like the little, he got mistaken for like another dude on staff for like soliciting prostitutes or something like that. Wasn't yeah, the O-line in Mexico City. The O-line coach got sent home for, like, undisclosed reasons, and I don't know. But I don't he know looks exactly like the GM, right? Yeah. But it was – so, wasn't it – the speculation was that it was actually the GM. Yeah. And then they got the O-line coach to basically take the fall for it. Yeah. Was it was, was the theory. That was the theory. And that GM had been there through Josh Rosen. Through like yeah. he had was on his third head coach like it, it was like there was some serious dysfunction in that building so like I uh, I don't know I, I think Cliff's a solid head coach I don't know if he's great but like I think he's he's fine like I was yeah. just watching that Arizona Cardinals hard knocks the other week at, from last season it was like I wasn't sitting yeah. there saying Cliff can't do this job like I came away thinking like man Cliff actually seems like a good dude and like these guys like. You know, and that's yeah. half the battle, I feel. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he's definitely smart. I mean, yeah, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's about to, I mean, they're about to, he's about to break every record humanly imaginable, Caleb Williams at USC. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but so. for all those reasons, give me Washington minus seven. I think that D-line is going to eat. I don't care that Sam Howell is their quarterback. I think Eric enemy is going to, at least for a week, have that offense humming. Like, I, I think the run game is going to be nasty. I think Antonio Gibson is going to catch a lot of footballs out of the backfield, believe it or not. I know Brian Robinson's there, but I think Antonio Gibson is Eric Bieniemy's fun toy. 
Okay, I've been wondering about that backfield all offseason, and I've avoided it in all my fantasies because, like, I don't, I don't, I feel like one of them is going to shine. I don't feel like it's going to be as much by committee as people think it is. Yeah, but I just don't know which one it's going to be. I think I took I took both in multiple leagues just because I think I think Antonio Gibson is going to have a really nice year with the enemy call plays. He's just such a versatile threat. I think that there's going to be some fun stuff. Are we sure the enemy's calling plays? Yeah, yeah. Now we are. <laughs> we weren't you before. Know, you never know. But now you we now know. now uh, no. It's actually it's it's Jack Del Rio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go on to our next one here on the list. We have the. Philadelphia Eagles, Quentin's Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Fly Eagles, Fly, going to New England. Do you have this game? I do not. So I have this game, and I just have the total on this. And I'm taking under 45 in this game. I think the Patriots defense is going to be very, very good this year. I think the Eagles defense proved last year that they're a very, very good unit. They did lose a lot. I think Jalen Hurts is definitely due for some regression. I'm not sitting here saying I think Jalen Hurts go out there being terrible by any means, but I mean, every like we talked about it a couple of times, everything that could go right went right for him last year, and I just don't think that's necessarily a recipe for success. And so I do expect some regression there from Hurts. And Bill Belichick had all summer to prepare for the Super Bowl runner-ups. Patriots are a team that's not getting a whole lot of love. Uh, Mac Jones has an offensive coordinator for the first time in his career. So I think think this game goes under. I mean, these two defenses, uh, they both, I mean, both good defenses have an all year to prepare for each other. I like the under 45. I thought about taking the under on this like for, for a good bit. The only reason I didn't is because of Belichick's history against mobile quarterbacks is not not good. Um, but that's more against scramblers. I'm not sure I'd call her to scrambler. It's more designed runs. Yeah. So that kind of changes stuff like when when the structure stays intact, I feel like it's when Belichick's defenses really succeed. So when the runs are out of structure, I don't know how that changes it. Versus like when they played Justin Fields last year and Fields went off against him, that was like Field is outside structure, and there's no good answer for outside structure within that within the defense defensive calls that they had. So. I ended up in between just saying I'm passing on this one, but I had the same thought as you of like this Belichick defense can be really nasty. Eagles defense should be solid. I know Mac Jones has Bill O'Brien now calling plays, which should make a big difference for their offense. But I see both teams running the football a lot, chewing that clock down and playing defense, a good defensive football. It sounds like a recipe for me. Uh, You're muted. I love this pick. So one of my favorite picks, but I think we're on to our last game here for the NFL slate, and this is my favorite, probably my favorite game of the weekend and my favorite pick of the weekend. We have Dolphins Chargers. Dolphins going to 
LA. Probably be the home team in that stadium. And a healthy Tua, a healthy Justin Herbert, a healthy Mike Williams, a healthy Keenan Allen. Everybody's healthy. I love over 51 in this game. It's my second favorite over after uh, KC Detroit. And then I also love Dolphins plus three in this game. Um, until the Chargers prove to me that they're not going to charge her, I'm going to fade them. So give me Dolphins plus three. Oh boy. We got a fun one here. I'm with you. I'm post? Oh, I got Miami money line. Plus 138. Oh, yeah. I don't think Miami's yeah. a dog here. I don't think Miami should be a dog here. Yeah, I think Miami's a better team. Um, and I'm going to go ahead that. and jump on that over with you. Over 51, I like it. I'm going to jump on that yeah. with you. I mean, even without Jalen Ramsey, I mean, I, I still love the Dolphins in this game. Uh, I don't think Quentin Johnson's going to come out and do anything spectacular week one. I do think he could be a possible threat. But, I mean, like, like I said, when, I draft, when they drafted him, he's Mike Williams. And Mike Wait. Williams is a... How did... You keep going. Keep talking. Oh, I mean, Mike Williams is a proven commodity, and I don't understand how having two Mike Williams helps you out when you have Keenan Allen opposite of him. So I don't see a whole lot there. Um, eventually, we have to see some regression from Austin Eckler. Maybe we don't. Maybe he just keeps scoring 150 touchdowns a year. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I love this Dolphins team. Talent everywhere. Uh, the, the addition of Devon A-Chain, I love. Um absolutely stacked receiver room like I said a healthy Tua Mike McDaniel going I'm pretty serious from California but going back home all this family is going to be there um, be able to show out I don't has, has Mike McDaniel been to, the, been to the west coast since he became a head coach I don't think they went last year uh, not but, that I can think of but yeah Mike McDaniel basically going home so no, I, I like the Dolphins in the same so, I like them a lot uh, and I agree I mean the I mean, this line's basically saying that they would be, it would be a pick them on a neutral field. And I don't think it should be a pick them on a neutral field. I think Dolphins are a better team. I think, I think this game should be closer to a pick them. And if the Chargers are going to Miami, it would be Miami minus five, four and a half. Yeah. That was my thought. Like this, at worst, I think you'd see this game as a pick them. And I don't think. I, I, I just don't think the Chargers home field advantage is worth points. So, like, no. it, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. And, and when you look at both talking when you look to, at both when you look at both teams, I mean, even as talented as the Chargers are, it's like, outside of quarterback, and I don't even know if Justin Herbert's better than Tua. It's like, where are they better than the Dolphins? Maybe defensive line, but, I mean, it's uh, razor thin defensive there, too. defensive line is pretty darn good. Um, That's what I'm saying. It's razor thin. I mean, I mean like, the Chargers don't believe in defensive tackles. So, like, that makes theirs really hard for me to read. Like, they have really good edge rushers, but they just don't believe defensive tackles belong on NFL rosters. So, they don't they don't add them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as you were talking the over there, just got me thinking, like, Vic Fangio, Miami's new D coordinator, very familiar with the Chargers. Like, he was the Denver's head coach. 2021, 2020, 2019. So he's seen Justin Herbert four times as a head coach. Um, allowed 30 points, 19 points, 13 points, and 34. Points. So usually 
Chargers have been good for about 20 against Vic. It's not like the, the 13 yeah. seems like it was the outlier. So, like, I, I still feel okay with the over after after looking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like it too. And even with both defenses being pretty skilled, I mean, so much firepower on both these offenses. Uh, who's the offensive coordinator that they're in uh, L.A. now? Uh, your guy. I know. Kellen Moore. Who, sh- who shows up week one, baby? Kellen Moore shows up week one. Oh, so, he's been thinking all offseason about it. Yeah, so he's about to go put that resume on display. And then about, about week nine, they're going to... We're, we're going to find out real quick if it was a Mike McCarthy problem or a Kellen Moore problem. Because for three straight years, Kellen Moore would come hot out of the gate and then become the most stagnant play caller in the NFL midway through the season. So we'll we'll find out unless he just changes ways, but we'll find out if it was a McCarthy issue or a Kellen Moore issue real quick there. All right. Yeah, so I'm adding the over onto my card. So that gives me one. So I got Detroit Casey over. Uh, Houston plus 10, Jacksonville minus four and a half, Washington minus seven, Miami money line at plus 138 and over 51 in that Miami chart. Love it. And then I have uh, KC uh, Lions over 52, Panthers plus three, Colts plus five and a half, Pittsburgh plus two and a half, Packers Bears over 43, Dolphins plus three, take the money line with you at plus 138, Chargers are also Dolphins Chargers over 51. Eagles Pats under 45. Get it. And then I got guaranteed a, winners. I got a teaser for the people. Ooh, we're gonna tease the people in week one? Oh yeah. Six and a half Ooh. point teaser. Teasing Casey to plus a half point. So just straight money line. Washington to minus a half point. So again, straight money line. And Cleveland to plus nine against Cincinnati. We didn't talk about that, Gary. That, that's, a, that's a scary game for Cincinnati, I feel like. I mean, I just – I don't think it's going to be a two-score game. Cleveland just spent so much money on free agency. This is a make-or-break year for Kevin Stefanski there. Like, Deshaun Watson needs to show something. That defense has a lot of talent now. Week one, I think they're going to be going to be a tough out Nick, at home Nick, at the dog pound. Nick Chubb is very, very good. Yeah. So no, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and then we can we can run through our, our college bets real quick. We don't have to break down the slate or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'll just go through mine real quick. If there's any that you want to dive deeper into, or just just stop me. But first game I have Notre Dame minus seven at NC State. Notre Dame has proven two weeks in a row now that they are primed and poised. Uh, to make a national title run this year. I think this might be one of the best Notre Dame teams we've seen in a while. I don't think NC State's that good. Notre Dame has a very, very tough schedule, as we talked about in the offseason leading up to to the season. So I think they have to take advantage of opportunities where they are the much better team. And they have done that weeks one and two. So I think this is another spot where they're going to have to go lay it on because they're, they're going to have to have the resume to afford maybe a loss or two with who they have on their schedule. So I love Notre Dame minus seven versus NC State. Um, next up, I have Utah minus eight at Baylor. Baylor got the doors one off of them by Texas State. And maybe they come back. Uh, maybe Dave Aranda gets these guys in order. 
But Utah beat the dog shit out of Florida with a backup quarterback. They were more physical. They looked faster. They looked bigger. They looked stronger. And I would say Florida is a much better team than Baylor. And I know you never want to do like uh, revisionist math where it's like, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, so this is going to happen. But, I mean, Utah did look dominant. And minus eight, I mean, I think Utah's more than eight points better than Baylor. And I'm not scared to go into Waco. I mean, I mean, I talk about TCU having a high school stadium all the time. I mean, Baylor's isn't much more to write home about. And after that, that week one embarrassing performance, if Utah gets up early, I mean, that stadium's going to empty out quick, fast, in a hurry. So give me Utah minus eight in that game. Next up, I have Texas Tech plus six and a half versus Oregon. Texas Tech at home. Laid an absolute egg week one. Um, but if you watch the game, they were they were so much better than Wyoming all over the field. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, that could be on the coaching. That could be on the players. Bad mistakes. Maybe it was a look ahead spot. It's on everyone. And I don't want to get into whose fault it is or anything like that. They did lose to Wyoming. But they... They, they were impressive all over the field, except for scoring touchdowns and preventing third down conversions on read option. Like, it, everything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. I think they're going to get up for this game. I think Joe McGuire is going to have this have this team up and ready to go. Lubbock's going to be freaking rocking. Um, and this also feels like a line in the sand game for the fans of Joe McGuire. I mean, everybody's been yeah. on his side. Everybody's been behind him, rooting for him. They're going to show up this week for him. But if if they go out and get embarrassed, uh, well, man, like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, it could get ugly I, fast. And I'm rooting I think for the Joey, fan, but, like. Yeah, I think the fans show up this week for Joe McGuire and this Texas Tech squad. Um, I don't understand the love for – Tyler Shoke so much. I mean, maybe maybe Baron Morton just isn't showing anything in practice, but uh, Tyler Shoke looked really good his first 11 pass attempt. And he didn't look bad the rest of the He's game. He's Taylor Potts. He's Taylor Potts. Yeah, he just, it, he just wasn't getting the job done against a team that he should have been getting the job done against. So I don't know if his leash is shortened in this game, and we I don't know if we're going to see a Baron Morton. But either way, I like Texas Tech plus six and a half. If if Texas Tech handled business, this line would be two and a half, three at most, if not closer to a pick'em. So, like I said, bad bad loss versus Wyoming, but I think Texas Tech is a better team than that, and um, I think you're getting real value there at plus six and a half. So, next I have uh, UT Bama. I'm taking over 54 and a half in this game. Um, only because it doesn't make sense. Neither one of their offenses looked great in week one. Jalen Milrow didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, Texas offense didn't really look great against Rice. Wait, what did you say that was? Over or under? Over 54 and a half. I don't understand why the line's so high. So, I'm taking it. Okay, that's where I was confused. I was like, like <laughs> I respect it. 
that's one of the like that uh, talk about snipping out a rat i mean that's a rat line like texas scored 30 versus rise um bama played sisters of the poor and i think they scored 48 and then you look at this and it's like 54 and a half so texas has to score about as much as they scored against rice to hit this over and yeah. you're just like is like so i think the spread is that so it's like do you think it's gonna be 30 20. it was uh like, it's at seven and uh, a half now according to pff okay so it's like oh yeah oh and it's all bet down too 90% of the cash is on the under right now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> see, I told you. I know how to sniff out a rat when I see a rat. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Yeah. For that reason alone, nah, I, I might even make it a two-unit play at this point. Fade the public. Always. <laughs> um, so my next one is my only two-unit play of the week so far. Uh, I'm taking USC team total over 49 and a half until they prove until a team proves that they can keep USC under 50. I'm taking them. Uh, I might, I might end up taking the total. I think the total is like almost 70 at this point for USC in this game. And so can Stanford score 20 points? I don't know, but I'm taking team total over 49 and a half because I don't know who stops this USC team from scoring 50 at this point. So, Give me two units on that, and I'm just going to keep hammering USC overs until until they make me stop. So the cows come home. Yeah. And then uh, last game I have, maybe it's the hype train. Maybe it was the performance in week one. Uh, still a lot of unknowns, but this is more against the team they're playing than them. But I'm taking Colorado minus three versus Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska's good. And Shadur Sanders throw for – Broke a school record at three receivers over 100 yards. Travis Hunter playing 131 snaps um, with a pick, a touchdown called back, 10 catches, 128 yards. Shiloh Sanders, the seems to be the forgotten Sanders son. Uh, all he did was have 11, 11 tackles and three pass breakups. Led the led the team in tackles. Led the team in PBUs. Um, doesn't get mentioned. So let me give a shout out to Shiloh for that. Um, Dion just seems like a damn good coach. Yeah. I mean, his, his players get up for him. Um, they look good. They didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Like, they look like a well-run team. Yeah, no, I mean, they... And they're I, all transfers. I, I think I said after the game, like, Dion keeps at this rate and starts getting, like, really good recruiting classes. I know he had good transfer class, but really good recruiting class. Like he's gonna go down as one of the best coaches of all time. Like it, yeah, he just turned this program around overnight with eighty new players. Like yeah. So deep, like so Dion is. I mean, he's pro- he's a proven guy that keeps your seat. Um, he. I don't think he'll ever forgive Florida State for not even giving him an opportunity to apply. So you can basically throw them out the window. Do you think he stays at Colorado? I don't know. I don't know where he goes. Like I, if I'm being honest, because, I think that 
he does stay there for a little while unless someone's just they, blowing him away and Colorado won't match because Colorado gave him the shot. And I think he's a loyal guy. Well, not only did they give him a shot, they gave him money they didn't have and they gave him revenue. Uh, yeah. They, they're re- re- revenue sharing with him. I didn't even realize that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that he's going to he's gonna leave anytime soon. He gets a percentage of ticket sales. He gets a percentage of merch sales. And they they paid him, like, they were, they, like, I think it was $20 million um, extra that they didn't have. And then they just said, they just, like, emailed the boosters and, like, hey, we hired Dion. We can't afford him, so we need help. They did sign the contract and didn't have the money. They just yeah, wrote him a hot cat. <laughs> like, they, they proved to him that they wanted him there. And he seems like a guy that respects that. And yeah, I mean, Colorado's cool. Boulder's a badass town. Like, I don't know why he would leave, but it's definitely not going to be going to Florida State. Like, does he, would he be petty enough to take the Miami job in five years? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he, I don't think he would. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll be interesting. Maybe NFL. Would be the only yeah, thing that would be the only thing that I, I would think he'd consider just for the, the next level. How good is Travis up. Hunter? Good. Like, so Travis Hunter was 50,000 to one to win the Heisman. 50,000. That's a, that's a $1 bet to win $500 before the season started. And I think now he's at the same odds as guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I think Michael Penix and a couple other guys. Yeah, he's at like plus twelve hundred now. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. I mean, after but, the game he had it, and like he, uh, he kind of has to. So it was there was a stat like the last player to have um, twenty catches, uh, five hundred yards on offense and six interceptions on defense it was like Chant Bailey in a season. Yeah. And he's already got half the catches, a fifth of the yards, and like a tenth of the interceptions through week one. Wild, <laughs> it's man. Insane. All right. I'll run through my college stuff real quick here. Oregon going into Texas Tech. Give me the under 66 and a half. That, that was going to be my well play of the century. I told yeah. you that two weeks ago, and I'm not taking it solely because Texas Tech has still proven that they can't not give up a big play. Yeah, um, I'm sticking with it. I think, I mean, I think the elevation really played into what they were doing there. They were up 16 I to zero, so and it just all came crashing and down and burning. Like, I think that elevation played a pretty big factor, uh, and also. Give me the Texas Tech money line at plus 220. I hate six and a half. Why the hell am I going to take six and a half? I'd rather just take the chance on the money line. Yeah, and most of my, if I bet a dog on the spread, I'm usually taking the money line. But just for clarity, I'm also taking the spread, but I always sprinkle the money line when I take a dog. Yeah, so next one, Texas going into Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. I'm taking Texas plus seven. This is Texas team took them to the brink last year. I know this one is in Alabama, but 
I just have a feeling. I, I just feel good about it. So, so give me the Longhorns there, plus seven. I feel good at the ra- nice round football number, seven. Makes sense to me. Um, I think they're going to make that, you know, maybe they lose by four, something like that, maybe three. Or maybe they, they pull an upset. I'm not eager enough to take a money line there. I got a good football number, plus seven, like that. Next one, Nebraska going into Colorado. Jay talks a little bit about it. I like the under 59 and a half. So Nebraska scored 10 points against Minnesota last week. Minnesota's always got a good defense, and Colorado looked like they didn't have a good good defense last week. But you know what? I just don't, I just don't think Nebraska can score points. They scored seven on their opening drive, and then they only scored three the rest of the game. First drive of the season was the pretty much the only points that they had that whole game. I think this offense stinks. I think their defense might actually have have a little something. Maybe they can hold Colorado less than TCU did. And I, I just think Colorado's probably going to beat them fairly handedly. But everyone's betting the over right now. Everyone's hyped up on Colorado. So give me the under. And then uh, you're muted. But last one oh, I just here. Love it. Last one here. I uh, This was a late ad. I just added this before the show, and I'm still skeptical on it. So I'm interested in what your opinion is. I'm adding it officially, no matter what. So Texas A&M going to Miami, Florida, not Miami, Ohio. Going to Miami, Florida. Miami mm-hmm. is a four-and-a-half-point dog at home. And Miami lost by eight in College Station last year. Switching it over in Miami now. A lot of the models have these teams ranked almost identically. Is this a rat? Am I crazy for taking Miami plus four and a half at home? I thought you were going to take AM, and I was going to say you're crazy. So maybe I don't know. Um, Alec, or AM didn't look that good to start yeah. the game versus New Mexico. Um, they ended up putting it together and blowing the doors off them. But I mean, it didn't look good early. I mean, they didn't really prove anything to me that. They should walk into Miami and be heavy favorite. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's so, like, I understand College Station's hot. I mean, it's right next to Houston. Um, but that Miami heat's different. The humidity is yeah. a whole nother level. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess compared to Houston, maybe not. But it's just, it's it's, it's different. Like, that it's thick. So... Give me Miami plus four and a half there, and that's all I got for college football. Well, I love it. I love all your picks. I love all my picks. We're going to win all of them, and then we will um, – uh, it'll be a push on the on the Colts game. All right. That? I can live with that. If I win the rest, I can live with that. And I believe last week on college, for the picks that you gave on the pod, you went four and one. And I went four and three. So you were crushing. I went, I went two and one the week before that. So hot there right you go. Oh yeah, hot right now in college football. So they ride. All right, I think that's gonna be it. We we have arrived. Do you have anything else? Do you have um anything you wanna you wanna say to the people before we leave? The Chicago Bears have beaten the Green Bay Packers three times since Lovey Smith was fired. Sunday better be the fourth. Let's go. We didn't talk Cowboys. Um, 
I am officially extremely nervous after the Texas Tech loss. So, yeah. No, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> all right. Then I'm all, all good. All right. Thank you all. See you next week. Don't sleep on them Texans. Don't do it. <laughs>